570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, let's go. Fred Rogan, Rodney P on AM570 LA Sports. Well, do not uh, do not keep us in suspense. Why are you conflicted? Oh, well, it's not that big a deal, Fred. Well, I mean, the way Come you on, sold Fred. it in the tease, no, I'm thinking, just, what is this? I'm conflicted because I'm, I'm, I was going to ask you this, but I, I'm conflicted myself. Are you, uh, are you going to watch the World Series? Ah, fair I'm, question. Yeah, fair. I'm conflicted whether I want to watch it or not. You know, this is going to be the wrong thing to say, doing what what we do for a living. But when the Dodgers were eliminated, yeah, baseball season for me was over. Right. Will I keep an eye on it if it gets exciting? Yes. Yeah. Will I focus and pay gr- a great deal of attention to it? No. Yeah. Are you missing dinner? Are you staying home and not going to dinner and, and watching the game? I would not. No. 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 Yeah, it's, it's when we have a team that is competing in the postseason. If that team is eliminated, to me, the season is over. Really, for baseball fans in the market, Dodger fans and Angel fans, and their season ended much sooner, the season is over, right? Yeah, Yeah, you keep an eye on it, you're curious, but... It's kind of a highlight watch, right? Yeah. It's a highlight watch. You're not sitting down watching it. No. What about you, Kevin? I'm dialed in. Yes. You said for Dodger fans in the market, yes. I like that you clarified that because first, Fred, you said baseball fans. If you're a baseball fan, you'll watch it because yeah. it's an intriguing matchup. And if you're a Dodger fan, there are reasons to watch if you need them. Yeah, you want them to get blown out. You want Houston to get blown out. You want the A's to run them. Right? You are love- We're all Dodger fans are Braves fans yeah, right now. You will love Houston to lose, and you love to see Jock do well. Yeah. So there are reasons if you are a Dodger fan on the periphery to at least keep a close eye on it. I am a baseball fan, so I will watch as many and as much of the games as I possibly can because I'm just a fan of the sport. Uh, and if well, la di da, Kevin. <laughs> that's just me. I'm not saying it's wrong if you view it differently. That is just me. Well, excuse just me, Mr. Baseball Man. That is just me. But there's certainly nothing wrong with uh, keeping half an eye on this series and not watching it closely and intently. That was an emphatic, I will watch. Yeah, you know, Rodney and I are, we're different than you. We're, we're like the kids. We get our stuff on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Give me an alert. Give me an alert. We don't, we don't need to you know, sit down and watch the a three-run home run on alert. I saw it. Okay. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? They struck out all two, three times. Okay, good. <laughs> Correa, Correa got hit three times in the game. Oh, I saw the alert. Right? Oh, right. And then the, you know, the video pops up and you're done. You're done. We're like kids. No, sit down and get the popcorn ready and, and the drinks, Kevin, and watch it. Don't want to sit down and watch a full nine? No? No. No? All right. No desire. I'll just... Get in my old school recliner and sit down and have me a pop and do my thing. Little lazy boy? Exactly. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> the roles reverse. I like that. That's it's right. pretty good. We're young. Yeah. You guys are exactly. young at heart. You got too many other things going on. I've been called an old soul, so you mm-hmm. know what? I guess it fits. Yes. So there you go. We do live in L.A. There's a lot going on That's other right. than watching the Astros play in the World Series, Kevin. For some. 
All right. Well, I, I, I will suggest this to you. Yes. And we will confirm it tomorrow. I will bet you in Los Angeles it will not do giant TV ratings. It absolutely won't. First of all, absent of the Dodgers being in the World Series, and you would know this, Fred, does it ever? Does the NBA Finals or the – I mean, the Super Bowl is in and of itself an event. That's different. But as far as series go that don't involve local teams, would it do well anyway these days? I'm saying it won't even do as well as it would have done. I don't think it'll do well at all. Because? Because no one will care. So why would they not care? You're talking about it's not as well as it would have done. So if there are other two other teams that were involved, Maybe. would it do better? I think Houston will help it. I think Atlanta will not. I don't think there'll be a, a groundswell of support even in Los Angeles. But 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 to Kevin's point, if the, if Houston was in, Atlanta was was playing someone else, uh, let's say Boston was in it, it Boston would do better. Boston it would do better now because they're a national yeah. brand and have yeah, there's okay. Bostonians yeah, here. I get yeah. that part. Sure, yeah. Bob, Cubs. Okay, if Cubs were in it. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's big. I, I, I'm saying because of the Astros, I think there is to Kevin's point, and then kind of an intriguing factor for LA folks. To kind of see what happens. Well, I think this about the Astros, really. You know, th- this will be very painful for people if the Astros win because then they will trumpet the fact that they won honestly. But the thing they'll never be able to avoid is the fact that even if they win honestly, people will still think they cheated. Right. Exactly. Right. They can never. Because you did it that. once, you can never. I mean, it's just like the Patriots and Spygate, right? right. People still talk about that. Well, yeah, they cheated. Well, they Spygate, Spygate when they won them. And they and they won years and years after all of that, so it will still haunt them. And this was this is ten times worse than the Spygate thing. So they they this will live with them and that team forever. Even though there's a lot of guys on that team that weren't even a part of that, right? Yeah, there's um, like seven guys left yeah. on that team or whatever yeah. from that, from uh, 2017. Yeah, so so it, it's a shame because they are a talented team. Oh, they're amazing. They are, a, and they don't even have. George Springer, which made them go the mm-hmm. last few years. Um, but they are a talented team and a talented lineup. Um, but it's a shame that it gets it gets distorted because of what they did. It's funny because I thought, Rodney, when you said you were conflicted, it was because of another Dodger connection on the Astros, who we know and love, and that is Dusty Baker. Yeah. Because we all want that Dusty too. to do well. We right. love Dusty, but that's we hate the Astros. Con- that's another conflict, yeah. So how do you how do you parse that out? We want Dusty to finally win a championship, but man. Not yeah, in Houston. Not with them. Well, here's the thing, and and that's what I was going to say. Uh, the thing going against Houston, sadly, is Dusty Baker. Well, there's that too, because <laughs> I've been very critical of him as a manager too. So no, it it, we, it really is <laughs> that that works against him. It really does. I mean, Dusty cannot win those games. Yeah, he can't win the big game in the World Series. He can't. He hasn't. And a lot of those games are directly affected by decisions that he makes too. So yeah, he's you know, still, you, he's still old school, Dusty. Yep, to a fault at times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about analytics. Dusty has his own method of managing. Yep. And sometimes it works. And most of the time in the playoffs, it doesn't. He pulls the wrong string. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. I think it'll be pretty interesting. So as those two teams play in, in a, a series that will have marginal interest, uh, the big interest is what will the Dodgers do going forward now? We wrapped it up yesterday. Let's look ahead now because that's what everybody's talking about on Twitter. And uh, who do you bring back? Who do you resign? Uh, how do you build your roster? You know, it's funny. I, I read reports from around the country and national writers, some guys, Rodney, we've had on. Some guys pretty good. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is bad news now. They're in trouble now. Boy, they've got to rebuild. What are you talking about? This is bad news? 
They got to rebuild the whole thing? No, you don't. You don't have to rebuild the whole thing. Yeah, you have some decisions to make, but you don't have to rebuild the whole thing. Let's start with Clayton Kershaw. I know that people in this city do not want to see him pitch for another team. They want him to start and finish here. There is something romantic about that, where you play in one place. Personally, I don't care. It does not matter to me. If he pitches for the Texas Rangers, it does not matter to me one bit. You want to know why? He's a Dodger. He'll always be a Dodger. Michael Jordan played for the Wizards. What team did Michael Jordan play for? The Bulls. So even if Clayton Kershaw were to pitch for another team, no skin off my teeth because he'll always be a Dodger. Yeah, Brett Favre. And he played for the Minnesota Vikings, played for the Jets. He's a Green Bay Packer. Right, he's a Packer. Joe Montana played for Kansas City. He's a 49er. Exactly. Uh, So then it comes down to, okay, what do you do? How much money do you pay him? Well, I looked at it, and, and I talked to Kevin about it analytically, just from a perspective of starts and where he would be in the rotation. Let's eliminate Max Scherzer from the equation right now. If Clayton Kershaw comes back and Max Scherzer is not there, what's he going to be in the rotation? Really? Given his injury history? If Max Scherzer is not there. Yeah, yeah, uh, you'll understand. Because okay. if Scherzer's uh, there, it's going to uh, knock him one, down one so. more. Kevin, are you following along? Because I don't know if... I am. You know, I, can, I, just you for know, s- talking about you, I'll understand. It's, you know, that's kind of 50 50 right there. Yeah, for the sake of a discussion, <laughs> let's just say Scherzer's out of the mix. Right. Okay. Where would that put Kershaw <laughs> in the rotation? No Scherzer. Third. Four? Three, three or four? Yeah. Three or four. Assuming Dustin May comes back. Okay. We, you know, we'll, and I don't think Dustin would even come back until like so, the summer or mid, something. Yeah, right? midsummer. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I mean, right now. So, and they yeah, haven't gone out and got three anybody or four, else. Three or four. Three or four. Okay. So you got a guy that's number four in your rotation, right? And now let's look at how many starts he makes. How many should he make? Kevin, he made like 20 this year with the injury. He made 22. 22. 22. And in past years, he'd make 25, 26, 27, okay? All right. So we know he's injury prone. We know he's probably going to get hurt again. We know he made 20 starts. He's the fourth guy in your rotation. You don't rotation. know he's going to get hurt again. For he's going to get hurt again. He gets hurt every year. So I'm not going to stand here and let you do that, Clayton Kershaw. I'm not. I'm not doing anything. Stop it's, it. it's a fact. Stop it, Fred. When's the last year he was injury free? 2015 was the last time he there made you more go, than right 30 starts. Just like yesterday. Well, that was six <laughs> years ago. <laughs> that was six years ago, Rodney. Okay. So what is the market value? Of a guy who's your fourth starter. I just didn't like your tone, Fred. Well, I'm just saying it. I'm just telling like the way your it tone. is. All right. Watch your tone like uh, my mama used to say. Okay. I don't want to upset your mama. So, <laughs> <laughs> you got a guy that's your fourth starter who's going to get hurt. What's the market value? And make 20 starts. What's the market value for that? If the Dodgers can come to an agreement. Whatever with he can get. Okay. Well, whatever he can get. But what because would the Dodgers know, pay like, that guy if it wasn't him? What would be right. the value of the number four starter that gets hurt? Right. Because you 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 know, well, you don't know, there's no guarantee, but you got to get the sense that on the open market, somebody's going to take a flyer on Clayton Kershaw. If or, it's if it's Texas, say for instance, Texas says, okay, let's do it. bring him home, and they pay him nice to come home. They Dodgers should, can't compete. They should have him. Yeah. They should have him. And then it becomes, you know, 
we can Dodgers have to make that decision. We can't pay you that, but we can are they going to come back and go, but we can pay you this, but we can't come close to what Texas is offering you and then it becomes in Clayton's court. I just think it's market value for that position. That's how you do it. Whatever you would Regardless pay, of what he's done for the correct. organization. Because what he's done is incredible. It will never be forgotten. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. So you're just going to treat him like any other person when you say market value for that guy. They just gave him a very nice thank you deal. Yes. He's just completing that. Yeah, so anything now is gravy. They've already done their they've their due home, diligence. They're, they've already done their thank you, Clayton. Right. Contract. They thanked him. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. I agree with that. So yeah. whatever market value is for a fourth starter that could get hurt and make twenty starts, that's what you pay him. Is he going to take it? I don't know what market value for that is. Is it ten million dollars? Is it fifteen million? I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, that's it. That's what you pay him. And if you're Clayton, do you do a cheap deal just to finish out three more years at the Dodgers, two more years with the Dodgers, whatever it may be? Are you giving him two? Yeah, I'll give him two. I mean, at, at, at a cheap rate, yeah. You're not going to get him what, say, the Texas Rangers are going to give him. But to have him finish – but because if he says, look, I think I still got two to three years left. You know, I, I, I didn't finish the end of the season, but I – You don't. Get myself ready and get him – so it's one. Yeah, I'd give you a one-year deal. One-year deal. Yep. That's it. To say goodbye. Swan song. We've already said goodbye. Now it's gravy. Now it's gravy time. So that's what we'll give you. That's what I would do. Hate to see him in another uniform. Some people look at it that way. He's always a Dodger. Now we have to rebuild this pitching staff. And if I can give somebody else, you know, a little more, if I don't pay you, I'm going to do that if I can get better. Because we know what's going to happen. We've experienced it. It's not his fault. It's just a fact. And he's paid a lot of money. He's okay. He can pay the mortgage. He's fine. And he'll retire as a Dodger. So that's what I would do with Clayton Kershaw. Okay. That's my analytics. Uh, Now, (laughs) let's figure this one out. We know Corey Seager's going to make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. We got that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you pay Corey Seager a lot of money, you know you're not going to pay Chris Taylor the same money. You can't. You won't. All right. And you know it'll cost you less to sign Chris Taylor than it will Corey Seager. Yep. All right? So if you can keep one, because you're trying to rebuild all of this now. You're trying to reconstruct it. You're not tearing it down, but you got to move the puzzle pieces around a little bit. If you can pay Chris Taylor X, which would be less than Corey Seager, and in signing Chris Taylor, you could go out, and maybe find a player or two more to fit your roster and your needs, would you sign Corey Seager, say goodbye to Chris Taylor and the other one or two players, or would you sign Chris Taylor and say goodbye to Corey Seager? Yes. Exactly. (laughs) I had a feeling you'd say that. Uh well, you're you're obviously going to get Chris Taylor for a, a lot less than what Corey Seager is going to warrant out there in in the open market. So, um, and I, I you got to believe Corey's going to play the long game with this too. Oh yeah, they might be able to sign Chris Taylor early and come come to him early and say let's offer this unless, but I don't know. Given the given the postseason and what Chris Taylor did, Chris Taylor may want to test those waters really out there well, and somebody might be really ready to play pay him. Um, but you're still going to get him cheaper than you would. Corey Seager. Um and 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 you gotta look at Chris Taylor as as Kevin pointed out yesterday, as an everyday player. Regardless of a position, he's an everyday player. So 
the luxury you have is you have Trey Turner for another year on the Corey Seager situation. So you can afford to go so far and say, okay, we can't go past this. We're not gonna go we're not gonna go Mookie bets to keep him. No. But but we'll offer him something substantial, but we can't compete with whoever may be out there, the Cubs or whoever's got you get ready to to rebuild and spend some money on somebody. We can't do that. So yeah. The business side says Chris Taylor. My heart says you gotta find a way to keep Corey Seager. Let me throw this into the mix. No. I have to do it. I got a headache already. No, I got to do it. Okay. You know a team that has a lot of money to spend this year? The Giants. Right. Who runs the Giants? Farhan. Who found Chris Taylor? Farhan. Chris Taylor's available. Yes. Giants are now constructed the exact same way the Dodgers are. Yes. We want guys that can play multiple positions. We need an everyday guy that can right. play anywhere. We've got an aging catcher, aging shortstop, aging third baseman. And we got some money now. We got money. And we're right on your heels, Dodgers. You don't think Farhan is going to make a phone call to Chris Taylor's agent? Now what do you do? If you're who? <laughs> the Dodgers. If you're the you're Giants, gonna, you're you go get a, him. You're in a bidding war with the Giants for Chris Taylor? I'm just saying. you got to think about that when you're considering Corey Seager. You know, Chris Taylor's not going to come for a bag of balls. It's going to cost a little bit. He's earned it. Yeah, okay? absolutely. I still think you got to hold on to Chris Taylor. you got to hold on to him. You can't let Farhan take him. No, you can't. You can't do that. You can't because he's going to kill you 19 times a year. But by the way, we know Farhan has money, right? Yeah. What do you do with Kenley Jansen? <laughs> Farhan's got money. What do you do with Kenley? Kenley is Kenley to me is similar to similar to Kershaw, even though okay. he had a resurgence this past year in the late late year. That you 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 try to sign him, and if he gives you a friendly deal, then you then you like it. But if he's gonna, you got to compete with the Giants, and the Giants really want him, and they're gonna pay him. You, you can't you can't compete with that. You gotta let him go. You can't you can't keep him. If 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 the market is telling you that. Oh, we're gonna have to. The Giants are off an X, which you keep saying they got a lot of money. They can, they can overpay him, and they do. Then you can't, you can't go for that. So the only guy you're thinking that needs to be kept is Chris Taylor. That's the only guy. Everybody else, we'll see how it plays out. Is that fair? We keep Chris. We keep Chris Taylor, and yeah. everybody else will figure it out. We'll figure it out. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> what I'm saying? Is that all? That's what that's what I got. So you so internally you're making a decision on Corey Seeger. You gotta kinda almost make that decision. We're gonna go for it or we're not, right? Right. Yeah. And there's a point where we're gonna go for it too. And then we're not. He can't yeah. be Mookie Bats. You can't you can't do that. The one guy I think you got to hold on to. Now, you want everybody back, right? Yeah. If, if everybody can come back, sure. We want them all back. But the one guy you have to hold on to is Chris Taylor. That's it. You can't let him go. He does too many things. He plays too many so, positions. So, so Corey Seager, if you're looking at him yep. and you're looking at the other shortstops out there that got paid recently, and so you got to – he's looking at it like I'm in Tatis world. I'm in – Yeah. I'm in uh, Lindor world. I'm, I'm in, you know – 
I'm in that world, Machado world. I'm in that world. And you can't do that, huh? No. Mm-mm. You know who else is available this year? Correa. Well, he's going to cost more than Seager. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He's going to cost, but I don't think he'll cost more than Seager. Yeah, stories out there. Story. We talked about the shortstop class that's available yeah, out there. Yeah. There's some guys that can play. Baez is available. Yeah, yeah and, and please, to have Corey Seager would be great. Of course you want to hold on to the guy. Yeah, Correa will never come to the Dodgers, but Correa is going to get paid this year. Yeah, I, I think Seager will make more than Correa. You think so? Yeah, I do. Or I, I guess what's the ballpark? You know, six of one, half dozen of the other. But I don't think Correa is going to be paid appreciably more than Corey Seager. I think Corey Seager Correa, is a better money. defensive shortstop, and 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 well, offense, he plays defense and more durable. Offensively, they're you know pretty much the same. So I don't know. I think Correa is going to get. He's going to be the highest paid free okay. agent coming up. All right, nobody's going to starve. No, everybody's going to be okay. No. Right. So um, I think yeah, you'd want Seager back, but you can't pay him what you pay Mookie. Well, you can pay whatever you want. But they're not going to do that. They just won't do that. So um, the only guy you have to hold on to, period, the end, is Chris Taylor. In my mind. You want everybody back, but that's the guy we're going to go get. Yeah, because as sure. you alluded to, Fred, isn't, I mean, it, I guess it sounds bad to say that he's a, he'd be a luxury signing, but you mentioned that we are, they already have Trey Turner in the mix. Yeah. The versatility that Chris Taylor has. Corey Seager plays one position and not extremely well defensively. He's a great hitter when he's healthy, which I won't say is rare, but it's not as often as you'd like him to be. It, 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 I, w- I'm, I would agree with Fred on this, that I think Chris Taylor is the most vital person for them to have to keep this offseason. Then there's this. What do you do with Bellinger and Lux? Dave Roberts says he wants Lux, so they expect Lux to be an everyday player. Didn't say out of what position, but they want him to be an everyday player. Okay, so now he's in. Unless you can move him, for something that you need to rebuild the pitching staff, for example. Right. Maybe you, you do that. Would you trade? I would have moved. So, so if you're getting, if their plan is to, I, we can't pay Corey Seager. We're going to keep Trey Turner because we already got him. Yep. We'll move Lux to second base. He's our everyday second baseman. Okay. You know, Chris Taylor continues to do what he does. Right. You know, he'll play all over. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, are you saying keep Lux over Bellinger? I'm saying because you're, you're talking about there was a word out there that, you know, one or two of them, both of them could be trade, right? Oh, well, yeah. And here's the thing. During the regular season, I'd have traded Bellinger in a heartbeat. I remember Vasse scolded you for saying that. Yeah. yeah. I'd have gone. What do you need? And what did Vasse say? Well, there's not a lot of value for him out there. His market right value is at the lowest point. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. couldn't move him. Now he started to hit again. Okay. So now you have him, Kevin. You said yesterday for two more years. Yes, in 2023. Control. Yep. You can afford to look at him again next year before you have to really make a decision on him. Yeah. Okay. So I think I'd hold on to him and take another look. I'd hate to move Lux at this point because he did start to hit at the end of the season. I mean, he really did. And hopefully he can continue that. So those two guys. But if there's a guy you can unload and, and may have some value, it's it's Lux. Yeah, right? that's right. Because you can... You're, you, if you think, if you're thinking that, you know, because he kind of had a resurgence in the playoffs, and then you know, with the full off season and training and health, Cody can get back to somewhat form. You got him still relatively for cheap, yeah, for the next two years, yeah. So Lux would be the guy that would be on kind of that block. Oh, he's available if you want. Yeah, we're taking we're taking calls on him. 
But you want you want to keep them, but we'll take your call. And you know what we'll do later on during the one o'clock hour, Kevin. During the one o'clock hour, we'll open the phone lines and we'll toss it out to the listeners and figure out what they think should be done. I mean, we've laid out the scenarios here. And now as a listener, as a fan, you know, how do you think this should be handled? All right, who's ready for a little Know Your Squad? Since we're talking about the Dodgers, let's make the squad the Dodgers today. 866-987-2570. First caller, whoever you choose to be. Kevin will pick you up, put you on the air, and you're playing Rodney and Ronnie, and that is next. Your chance to put 1000 bucks in your pocket. Text the nationwide keyword dollar to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's dollar to 200-200. Good luck. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Fred Rogan. Thank you, big boy. Rodney P. Fred Rogan on a Tuesday. Sun is shining, the rain is gone. Okay. Let's get into it, Freddy. I just don't care. I gotta do it. Yes. Rogan and Rodney roulette. Know your squad. And it's driven by Premier Jeep of Buena Park off the five at Artesia. Visit Premier CDJRBuenaPark.com today. Our good pal Julian Silverlake. Julie, you there? I'm here, Fred. Hey, before we get started, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, what's your panic meter at now that we're going off season? Red, blue, purple, polka dot? Just question. Just wondering. My panic meter's green. It is. Okay. Good. Getting ready all for right. a new season. You're you're excited about the off season? Absolutely. You're not worried about the off season at all, Fred? Is what she's asking. No, I'm not worried. Why would I be worried? Because you like to worry. I'm not worrying about this off season. I think it'll be exciting <laughs> and fun to watch. Okay. Yeah, I like how I like watching how things are constructed and figuring out if they work. That actually is fun for me. So I think it'll be great. And I know they'll do what has to be done. You know, look, it was a a good year. They went a lot farther than they should have given the injuries. These guys do not want to settle for second place. So I'm sure Andrew Friedman will figure it out. Uh, all right. Time for Know Your Squad. Julie, don't answer until I give all five choices. If you do, you're going to be locked out, okay? Got it. Right. Ronnie, you ready? Good day, Rogan and Rodney. Let's play. Let's go. The man we were talking about, Chris Taylor, led the Dodgers with nine RBI in the NLCS, who was second on the team with seven. Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, AJ Pollock, Corey Seager, or Corey Pavin? Mookie Betts. Corey, Cody Pollock. Bellinger. How about new? AJ Pollock. AJ Pollock is correct. I said that. She did? Yeah. Yeah, Julie had I it did. first. Yeah. She got drowned out, but she said it first. Come okay, on, Fred. Julie, don't whine. It's not a it's it's not it's not flattering for you. Rodney, Rodney uh, spoke over you. I didn't hear it. But yes, you get it. So good for you. Okay. All right. Thank you, Fred. You're you're welcome. Who holds the franchise record for most career RBI with 1,271? Gil Hodges, Steve Garvey, Pee Wee Reese, Duke Snyder, or Duke Ellington? Duke Duke Snyder. Snyder. Ooh, Duke Snyder is correct. Ooh, yes. Wow. No, no. Was it a tie or did Rodney get it? I kind of feel like Rodney got that. Okay. He was just a scotch ahead. I'm sitting right next to you, Fred. Well, that's true. (laughs) But I was looking down and just listening. Yeah. But you don't don't hear with your eyes. Well, that's true. But when you said it, I thought Ronnie said it at exactly the same moment, but you got it first. So you get the point. Okay. All right. 
Which Dodger led the team in intentional walks this season with five? Gavin Lux, Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, Will Smith, or Patty Smith? Max Muncy. Max Muncy. Max Muncy is correct. Ronnie. All right, boy. Tight one. Halfway home. And we're tied. Here's the next one. Dodgers beat the Braves in four games in the 2013 NLDS. Who led the Dodgers with a 500 batting average in that series? <laughs> Yasiel Puig, Juan Uribe, Adrian Gonzalez, Hanley Ramirez, or Gabby Ramirez? Hanley Ramirez! Okay. Now, I do need a clarification. Because <laughs> I know that Rodney jumped in there. But, Kevin, because I'm trying to monitor everything, I only heard this. Hanley Ramirez! Now. That's accurate. <laughs> what? Did Rodney get that? Did, I I believe we need to check the tape on that one. Yeah, because I'm not sure exactly what you said. Are you questioning my diction, Fred? Well, my enunciation, Fred. In, in, you wanted me to say Hanley Ramirez. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> let's check the tape, and then it will put it all to rest. Did you know what I said? Well, I thought you. No, did. no, no. You you. Did no, you? because in the past, you have done that. You just go, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then you claim you said it. So I thought you kind of did, but we have to check the tape. Kevin, go ahead. Hanley Ramirez or Gabby Ramirez? Hanley Ramirez. Yes. Hanley Ramirez. I got the Hanley argument. Or Gabby Ramirez. You heard Hanley. The Ramirez part was a little. Yeah, Rodney got that one. The Ramirez part was a, was a little choppy, but, but Hanley came out good. Again. <laughs> Mary Ramirez. Ramirez. Mary Ramirez. Ramirez. Okay, you got it. Oh, God. Oh, man. All right, you got it. Oh, all right. So, Rodney has the lead now. Here's the next one. Oh, my God. Who holds the Los Angeles Dodgers record for the highest batting average in a single season at 362? Tommy Davis, Mike Piazza, Duke Snyder, Adrian Beltre, or Adrian Brody? Mike Piazza. Ronnie. Tommy Davis. Okay. So, Ronnie got that. Julie, what did you say? I said Tommy Davis. I keep dropping in and out. I'm not using that as an excuse, but um, I didn't get all of that, but that's okay. Oh, no. Oh. No, 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 no. It's, it's, oh, it's all no. good. I'm just, I'm just happy to play and talk to y'all. Wait it's a minute. No, Julie, you know what Kevin just said? That sounds that. like an excuse. I'm not going to put that on Julie, Kevin. I'm not saying Julie's making excuses. That's not right. Julie is one of I'm our not. most loyal I'm... listeners. <laughs> all right. So here's where I'm we're at. Let, I'm just letting you all know. It's okay. All right, it's well, okay. All right. Well, here's the bottom line. If you get this one, it ends in a three-way tie, Okay. Okay. So everything, everything's on the line here. Only one Dodger starting pitcher tossed a complete game this season. Who was it? Walker Bueller, Trevor Bauer, Julio Urias, Max Scherzer, or Max Power? Julio Trevor Urias. Bauer. Max Scherzer. The answer was Rodney Trevor Bauer. Yes, he did. Oh. And that means Rodney today. Yes. <laughs> Never have. Good job. Good job. Thank you, Julie. Well, Julie, we appreciate you listening as always. You, you, you're a part of our family, and we love you for that. 
I appreciate that, and I love you guys too. Have a great off season. In a in a perfect world, everyone would be coming back, but I know that that can't happen. So. And we'll get more into that later on in the show. Thanks, Julie. Okay, David Vasse jumps on 1 o'clock. So we will talk about it. And we'll take your calls, Dodger fans, next hour. I know, the Lakers are playing tonight. We'll get into that, too, coming up. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon Delight. Today's Afternoon Delight. And you know that voice. It's Always Love You by Elton John. This song appears on the Music Legends' newest album entitled The Lockdown Sessions, which was released over the weekend. The album features appearances from artists like Lil Nas X, Black, and Stevie Wonder. This track features rappers Nicki Minaj and Young Thug. In a statement, John wrote, I'm very grateful to have such talented artists from a totally different genre to me on this album, and they've included me. Again, today's afternoon delight is Always Love You by Elton John, featuring Young Thug and Nicki Minaj. I knew one day yes. Elton and Young Thug would get together. Absolutely you did, Fred. I had that feeling. I mean, you got to know that. After seeing the commercials with Lil Nas X, you know, Elton was, you know, he's playing in that world. He wanted a piece of the thug. Yes. He got it. Thuggish? <laughs> Elton's thuggish. He is thuggish. Yeah. All right, so we've got Lakers taking on the Spurs tonight. Uh, Lakers are still trying to figure out what it means to have Russell Westbrook on the team. Now, Laker fans, uh, every game matters. Every game's important. I know you're on the edge of your seat, but really, you just don't want to lose a lot of games here as you try to figure out what you're doing. And I think the issue here, Rodney, truly is this. How is Russell Westbrook going to change his style to adapt to what the Lakers need? Now, he wants to, and he wants to win. He wants to win a title. He wants to be successful. But it might be harder than it seems. I mean, he's played one way for so long. He's had the ball. Uh, he's been one of the most exciting players in the game, but to be that, he's got to have the ball. We know that he's not great from the outside. We know he likes to go to the basket, but on the Lakers, LeBron has to have the ball because that's how things are triggered. And I think there's really going to be an adjustment period here as Russell Westbrook tries to figure out how he fits into this because no one's going to change the way they play to accommodate him. I'm getting the sense he's the one that's going to have to adapt. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You can't come to a new team and then expect everyone to adapt around you. He has to be the one. You know, the question is, can he? Right. You know, can he at this age, after all of his history and career and success that he has had, and granted not winning a title, but he's you can't argue that he's had success in this league, is he willing to change at his age? To fit in and it is going to take some time not only just for him but I think for Frank Vogel to figure out the right combinations that work for him um and and creating space for him either to get to the basket because we know as the season goes on especially getting into the playoffs they're going to force him into shooting situations where they're going to force him to shoot they're going to want him to shoot threes they're going to back off and back to paint um so he has going they're going to have to find ways to for him to be effective without taking away his athletic ability. 
you know, Bill Plasky thought that, well, you know, this whole thing could implode. I'm, that's not going to happen. Not going to implode. But they do have to figure out how they're going to do this. Yeah. And if they can't figure it out, this was a disastrous decision to go and get him. Yeah. It's almost like they can't and, and get it's only a three game sample size that we're seeing right now. And they're going to, they're going to play with different lineups and things like that. But as it's constructed with, with Deandre in the game and when they go big, um, it feels like it's um, he's less effective because the floor is not spread. It's clogged. Um, you know, if they have Anthony Davis at the five, which they talked about a lot and they go a little bit smaller then it feels like because Anthony can play on the perimeter too, can kind of clear out a little bit, and he can also shoot a three as a threat from the outside, whereas DeAndre or Dwight Howard are not. You know, they're paint players. So it, it makes more sense for them to go smaller when Russell Westbrook is in the game. And a couple of guys that, you know, they signed during the offseason, and you thought, okay, great. Because everybody got caught up in the AARP group. But mm -hmm. they did sign some younger guys. Two of them, Malik Monk and Hillbilly Kobe. Austin Reeves. What are you laughing about? <laughs> He's Hillbilly Kobe. Yes, I know. I right? Know. Yes. Okay. Yes, Hillbilly Kobe. That's right. what his homies call them. Yep. Yeah. And I'm one of his homies. So the Hillbilly. I like his game. Yeah. Well, apparently you should. Yeah. When those two guys are on the floor, they're plus minus. With Malik on the floor, uh, they're, a, they're uh, a tick behind plus 18. And when Reeves is on the floor, he's plus 19. Those two guys, their plus minus is way up. Yeah. It's plus. What does that tell you? You've got that is three games. Well, that tells you that. Sure. <laughs> That's what I was saying. That's a small sample size. Yeah. And Reeves but, got the bulk of his yeah. minutes in a blowout yeah. last Friday night, too. Yeah, That's Brad, fair. But, 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 no, I understand. But what I'm saying is it might tell you that this, whatever the lineup was going to be with Westbrook and LeBron and AD and whoever else, they may need young guys sprinkled in there, too. Of they, course. They yeah, cannot they, just they play with five guys. They're not. They're not. And they're not going to do that. What makes you think they're going to just play with five guys? Whenever they ever play with five guys. No, no. I'm saying five guys of a certain age to start. That's no. what I'm saying. Oh, to start. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, well, they, they may start. Just, what was it? DeAndre started, right? And he only played seven minutes, I believe, the other game. So it doesn't matter with the who start. You can start anybody you want to. It's who's going to play the bulk of the minutes, Fred. That's, that's the most important thing. So, you know, you want those guys to start? That's that's what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I look at the numbers and I just go with the numbers, period. Start those guys. I, I don't care if this guy scored 30 points in, in garbage time. Yeah. He needs a shot. <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it's hard to sit now so early and try to dissect, though, what the Lakers are because what they are now is not what they're going to be. No. And, you know, what you can see, though, in, in, in three games, and, and hopefully this is not, you know, any kind of indication of how the season's going to go, but the Lakers won a title and, and even got back to the playoffs because of not only, you know, LeBron and AD being, you know, phenomenal, but, but because of their defense. And right now, their defense, they're towards the bottom of the league in defense. And with the elder statesmen that are there, I don't know about you, but it's it's felt when they've had multiple, at least three plus of those elder statesmen on the court, they look older than the than the, who they're playing playing against. I mean, Memphis ran around them like you know there was a twenty year gap. 
And there was. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And now, from the court to the courtroom with Jacob Emrani. On the topic of the Lakers, let's bring on a proud partner of the Lakers, our buddy Jacob Emrani. Jacob, how are you today? Hey, hey, Brad. Hey, Rodney. How are you guys? We're doing well, Jacob. We're doing well. Uh, okay, we're just trying to sort out these Lakers. And Fred, Fred has come up with an idea of a new starting lineup already, Jacob, after three games. Yeah. <laughs> I got yeah, to hear that. Yeah, hear it. I want to hear the, I want to see the Hillbilly. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to see Malik Monk, AD, Westbrook, and LeBron. What do you think? Listen, I mean, I don't think it's so far-fetched. I mean, you know, the Hillbilly, you saw when – you know, they were in the crunch time. The Hillbilly was in there with the four, you know, with the four all-stars or, you know, previous all-stars. I mean, he plays defense. That's one of the things that, you know, is nice to see. I was at the game on, you know, on Sunday, and one of the things that was exciting to see is that, you know, the Lakers actually trust him. They put him in there. They're not afraid of, you know, having him play before a lot of other people that we would assume would get, you know, minutes before him. I think really the important thing here becomes is that, you know, the coaching staff is obviously still trying to find the right lineups and who to have on the floor with who. Uh, but I think we got some glimpses, you know, of the fact that, you know, when they are playing well together, the ball moves around, at least on the offensive end, they can do some damage. Defense, we still got a lot of room to go, and it's obviously a uh, work in progress, and you need some of the younger guys back so that they can be hopping around just like some of these teams we play against. Jacob, do you look at it, like, I, I look at it as if, you know, Russ is struggling right now, obviously, but he's he's as bad as it can be so far, and it won't continue. There, he's gonna he's, he's too good to not, and those guys around him are too good for him not to figure out how to fit in with this team. I agree 100%. Honestly, on Sunday, watching it in person, you got, you got to see him when he was let loose a little bit. You know, he made three shots in a row. Of course, you know, when he tries to shoot his three-pointers, you know, you kind of close your eyes. But I think when he warms up, you can see how quickly his aggressiveness, you know, pulls the rest of the team with him. I think, you know, the biggest thing that the Lakers got to do is let Russ be Russ. That's the reason you brought him over. You cannot try to force him into being somebody he's not this, you know, this late in the career. And I feel like as he gets more and more comfortable, I mean, the first, I think, three or four uh, you know, plays of the game were alley-oop dunks. He had six assists in the first quarter. I mean, that right there is a sign that, you know, they're learning where to be, where to get the passes, where to make the passes. So I, I agree with you. I mean, I think we're going to have times where, yeah, you're going to close your eyes and say these guys need more, you know, a lot more time on the practice facility floor so they can get really comfortable with each other. But absolutely, I think he can't, can't get any worse than this. No, and here's the thing about Westbrook. He's going to play one way. See, I think it's an adjustment being in the situation where LeBron's got the ball and LeBron needs to trigger the offense. Now, somebody's going to have to make an accommodation here. They just have to. There's not enough balls to go around. And uh, I think it's got to be Russ. So I think there's a learning curve here associated with that because if they just let him do what he wants to do, well, he'll be up and down the floor in five seconds and he'll hit some spectacular layups. And he'll be very aggressive. He won't be able to shoot from the outside, but he will make that happen. I just don't know how that all plays in with what the Lakers already have. And that's why I'm saying I think there's an adjustment period. It's got to take place. Yeah, there's no question. But remember this. On Sunday night, 
when LeBron came out, that's when Russ was in. And Russ playing with AD and a couple of the other guys, that worked a lot better than Russ right next to LeBron. Now, obviously, in the last few minutes, they all have to be in there. You had, you know, Russ, AD, Carmelo, who was on, you know, who was on fire, you know, and, you know, you had them on at the same time. And I think that's where they need to learn so that suddenly, just because he's on the court with those guys, he doesn't become irrelevant. I think once they figure that out, I think you can have Russ on the floor handling the ball when LeBron's taking a, you know, taking a break. And I think you'll get a lot out of him. And I think as you get your shooters back, when Ellington comes back, you know, you bring Cedric, you know, um, Kendrick, not I'm sorry, it's Cedric, Kedrick Nunn back, and he, you know, he's supposed to be a better defender. I think you'll begin to see a little flow. But I, I, I've said from the beginning, you need at least 10 to 15 games for these guys just to begin to look like something that, you know, is a glimpse of what we can see in the future. It's just way too early. All right. Uh, our, our listeners love when you share things with them because you are the best in town and the best in the business. And uh, we had some rain yesterday. And one downside to the rain, of course, is more accidents. So do you have any tips uh, on what to look for if you're involved in a rain-related accident? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, obviously yesterday we were extremely busy. A lot of calls coming in. Not necessarily all calls are the type of cases that we can help with. But obviously there's an abundance of calls when it rains. And I think one of the most important things we see is usually during the rain, you get to see a lot of freak accidents. You get to see somebody hitting their brakes and then suddenly starting to slide, and then they take two or three more cars out. So I always like to tell people during the rain, you know, try to be, you know, keep – much, much more distance between you and the car in front of you. If you see somebody speeding, try to move over to the left or right, because it really, a lot of those accidents in the rain occur when people lose control of their vehicle. And I think one of the other things is, you know, obviously today we're driving around and it looks like we're back in LA. You know, yesterday it was all rain and gloom and darkness. So, you know, if you have been in an accident, just because you see the sun, don't forget about the fact that you were in an accident. You need to take action. That's something that we see usually, there's two types of people, people who take action, you know, during the rain accidents immediately and people who wait five, six, seven days because they think they're going to get better. I just don't think that you should be waiting that long, and especially after the rain. You want to make sure that, you know, you get your rights handled and just be careful because when you're in the rain, it's not just you driving. It's everybody else who potentially may be negligent and you end up being one of the people that gets hit. What percentage of uh, cases do you take from calls, Jacob? Uh, we take somewhere around probably 40 to 50% of them, and not because we don't want to take the cases. It's more important that, you know, people assume that just because you're in an accident, you shouldn't open a claim. And I always tell people, unless you have a high likelihood of making a recovery, you shouldn't make a claim. Because every time you make a claim, that goes under your name, under your record. And if you're in an accident that potentially you may not be making a claim or you may be at fault, making a claim may not be such a great idea. Because if you get into another accident and you're 100% fault-free and you go in there to make a claim, they're always going to pinpoint to that particular accident where you said you were injured, didn't make a recovery, and that's going to hurt your new case. So you got to be a little bit picky in terms of the likelihood, and that's one of the reasons we like to explain everything to our people, whether we take the case or we don't take a case, we like to explain to the people who call in what our, at least what our opinion on it is. All right. Well, Jacob, thank you for the information as always. Lakers and Spurs tonight, and we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good. Let's make it two and two, guys. Yes.
All right, this hour we'll take your calls, Dodger fans. But first, let's bring David Massey on. Uh, we'll get his take. By the way, Andrew Friedman is going to address the media tomorrow. So one way or the other, we're going to have that for you. But we'll have David Bassey next.